the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Kathy Emmons along with you. A little technical difficulty there. Beginning of the ride home on a Wednesday. So glad you're along with me today. I'm in the studio alone, though, because John Hall's still on vacation, taking another day off. Um, I again heard from John Hall this morning from the beach. I just don't know how I can make it stop. It's like he's down there and he wants to check in. And in his kindness, it's just overwhelming because I hear the crash of the surf in the background. And, you know, it's just there's like a squawk of a gull. And it's... It's a lot to take. Anyway, he's fine. He's enjoying himself. He's living his best life. I don't even know why I'm bringing it up. Christy Stockdale in the other room, producer of The Ride Home. We're going to have a terrific show today. I've got so much ahead. Listen, in this hour, um, we're going to be talking with Joe Sweeney about Afghanistan. Um, If you listened to The Ride Home a few weeks ago, Joe Sweeney joined us for an hour because he had just been back from Afghanistan for two days, um, working for the State Department, um, gave us the latest on what Afghanistan looked like on the ground, what we could expect with people trying to get out of the country. Uh, Now that we're two weeks out, he's going to come back into the the studio and kind of give us the latest on how he sees things, what is continuing to happen in country, and how we can be a part of helping Afghan refugees be settled here in the United States, even here in Pittsburgh. So we'll talk about that live from the Word FM studios in the four o'clock hour. Also in the five o'clock hour, I'm very much looking forward to talking to two men, uh, Dr. Robert Tracy McKenzie, who's professor of history at Wheaton College, um, a really provocative piece he wrote for Christianity Today on the collision Um, or the combination, depending on how you look at it, of Christianity and populism. That's at 535. Also at 510, Charles Moore from the Bruderhof is going to uh, be with me. We're going to talk about following the call, living the Sermon on the Mount together. Boy, has he put together a really wonderful new project. So I'm really looking forward to um, getting into it with Charles Moore at 510. Also, um, people are eating Rice Krispie treats before working out and talking about it on TikTok. So that's at 5 o'clock. It's also Roberto Clemente Day in Major League Baseball. So we'll celebrate that as the show unfolds. But before we do any of it, I think it's time, Christy, for the top four at four. All righty. For Wednesday, September 15th, 2021. Number one. The nation's most decorated gymnasts offered harrowing testimony before senators today about the sexual abuse they suffered from former USA Gymnastics Dr. Larry Nassar, arguing that the failure of institutions like the FBI to immediately investigate allegations of abuse allowed his misconduct to continue unanswered while the number of his victims grew. According to CBS News, Simone Biles, Michaela Maroney, Maggie Nichols, and Allie Raisman 
names that will sound familiar to you if you followed uh, Summer Olympics over the last uh, two Olympic seasons. Appeared before the Senate Judiciary Committee as part of a two-part hearing on the FBI's mishandling of the investigation. Maroney said in her interview that her time with the Bureau being interviewed was not documented until 17 months later, and she accused the FBI of making entirely false claims about what she told them. Today's hearing comes after the Justice Department's Inspector General concluded in a damning report this summer that FBI employees botched the investigation into, into allegations of sex abuse of gymnasts by Nasser in 2015 and in 2016. Number two. California Governor Gavin Newsom has easily defeated a recall effort led by Republicans and fueled by frustrations over his candling of the COVID pandemic, according to a vote projection by the AP and reported in the Wall Street Journal. With 62 percent of the state's precincts partially reporting, and that was about an hour ago, uh, 65 and a half percent of California voters chose to keep the Democrat in office. Speaking in Sacramento shortly after the race was called last night, Mr. Newsom called the special elections result a victory for his pandemic policies. I think that might be a little bit of a stretch. That's my parenthetical opinion I'm inserting. Anyway, uh, Mr. Newsom's leading opponent, talk show host Larry Elder, received the most votes on the ballot's second question of who should become governor if the recall was successful. He garnered 44.7% of the vote. Number three. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Democrat of New York, had more to say today, according to ABC News, defending herself against backlash sparked by her controversial Met Gala gown that she wore emblazoned with the words in red, tax the rich, after saying she intended to carry the message, quote, into a wealthy space. The New York Congresswoman dominated talk about the gala on social media with people calling her a hypocrite for wearing her economic justice message on the back of a fancy dress while attending a charity event attended by New York and Hollywood elites with tickets that cost $35,000 each. It's hard to believe why she'd get criticized for that. Republicans on social media questioned why Ocasio-Cortez would attend an event for society's elite if she wants to tax the rich. She was quick to respond, explaining on social media that New York City elected officials are often invited to the gala and they do attend due to their responsibilities in overseeing the city's cultural institutions. Ocasio-Cortez also made note on her Instagram that the dress was borrowed from designer Aurora James, who attended the gala along with the congresswoman. I wonder if Aurora knew she was going to write in red letters, tax the rich on the gown she was borrowing. Christy, if you borrow a dress from me, don't write on it. I won't do that. Please, let's just get that. Understood at the beginning. And number four, the Pittsburgh Public School Board has formally accepted Superintendent Anthony Hamlet's resignation effective October 1. According to the TRIB, the board approved measures to accept the resignation and Hamlet severance package of, get ready for it, nearly $400,000, which includes one year's salary plus the value of his benefits. Hamlet tendered his resignation September 8th after the PA Ethics Commission found the superintendent violated state ethics laws in his travel expense reports, accepting cash for speeches, and failing to make required financial disclosures between 2016 and 2018. The Ethics Committee ordered Hamlet to pay $5,000 and forfeit 14 days of vacation time, which doesn't seem like a lot. The complaint initiating the investigation was filed by Pittsburgh controller Michael Lamb, who also serves as controller for the school district. 
Apparently, a national search for a new superintendent won't begin until December after the school board reorganizes after the general election when new members may be elected to the board. Anthony Hamlet started in Pittsburgh as superintendent in 2016. And that is your top four at four. Before uh, I went to air just a few minutes ago, I was watching Simone Biles testifying uh, before the Senate Judiciary Committee about the uh, Larry Nassar abuse investigation. And, you know, I haven't watched all of the testimony of the four women that were there, but, you know, God bless them. It's a horrible thing to have to discuss anywhere. It's a much worse thing to have to discuss in public. And in discussing it in front of the Senate committee is probably like too much to ask of some people. Anyway, I think they handled themselves admirably from what I've seen. And um, it's a story that is really terrible, but one that we all need to hear. Anyway, okay, speaking of stories that we need to hear, very excited because in just a couple minutes, Joe Sweeney's going to be in the studio with me. Joe Sweeney is an independent contractor who works with the State Department, and he has spent a lot of his last six or seven years in Afghanistan, just returning only two weeks ago. He's going to come into the studio, tell us what the latest from Afghanistan is, what we can expect, what we know that's happening on the ground, and how we can help people who are looking for a place to live. That's next on The Ride Home. Happy to have you with me. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music is here on the weekend. With the best new music. New New music. Come what may, new music from We Are Messenger. Rest in the arms of Jesus, come what may. Relate from For King and Country. Can you, can you relate? And every morning, new from Pittsburgh's own Aaron Schutz. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD. On the weekend. This Friday, Latshaw Productions presents six-time Grammy Award winner Amy Grant. Amy Grant, 7.30 p.m. live at the Palace Theater Greensburg. Singing her most beloved songs from favorite classic hits to crossover favorites. Amy Grant, this Friday. Tickets on sale now at the Palace Theater box office or at thepalacetheater.org. If you're in the market for metal roofing, siding, and garage doors, Kaufman Metals in Bedford can meet your expectations with friendly professional service. Their equipment is right up to date with the newest technology and ready to produce your standard and customized metal panels and trims to your exact specifications for any project with the fastest turnaround in the industry. Plus, Kaufman Metals offers complete do-it-yourself building packages included with computer-generated drawings. Kaufman Metals also provides sales and service for CHI residential and commercial garage doors. They deliver any order, large or small, to any place with full-service rollback trucks and trailers with a Moffitt forklift to set building packages conveniently close to your project. And just so you know, they offer contractors discounts as well. Visit KaufmanMetals.com or call 814-623-6044 or stop in at 6146 Lincoln Highway, Bedford, PA. When it comes to higher education, it's worth considering a Christian university or college, one that reaffirms students' faith instead of tearing it down. Research shows that students who attend a Christian college can become significantly more committed to their faith, and that's an important investment to make. You care about the type of people who are teaching the classes and about the content of the courses just as much as you do about the strength of the academics. It matters that Christian faith is supported and shared. 
Find out about many schools at once by attending the free Christian College Fair with representatives of colleges and universities from across North America. Start planning now. Take advantage of the opportunity to meet with representatives from top Christian colleges throughout the country. Learn about financial aid, scholarship opportunities, and more. Take your first step to a Christian college education at Orchard Hill Church in Wexford, Saturday, September 25th from 11 to 1. That's the Pittsburgh Christian College Fair, Saturday, September 25th at Orchard Hill Church in Wexford from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Over the last couple weeks, maybe three weeks, since things started really heating up in Afghanistan, um, the message that I keep hearing from people who are kind of on the inside track, people who've spent time in Afghanistan, who have friends there, who have a long-standing personal investment in Afghanistan, what they've said is, you know what? Don't let your emotion carry you away. Like, figure out what the facts are. Figure out how you can support people and then do something. Don't just let your um, let your cable news or your you know Facebook feed or your Twitter thing kind of take over your life to the point where you're not doing anything that actually physically counts. And so that's why we're very excited to have Joe Sweeney back in the studio with us today. Joe joined us a couple weeks ago. Um, Joe's a former SWAT operator, bomb squad commander, and U.S. government explosive security specialist who was in Afghanistan only until a couple weeks ago. It seemed like a long time. Seemed longer than that? Yeah, it seems like a lifetime. (laughs) I bet it does. I bet it does. Um, So we're going to talk to Joe about his time in Afghanistan and also the mission of the Acervo Project, which combats global human trafficking. Joe Sweeney, welcome back in. Thanks. Great to be back. Happy to see you. You too. All right. So, Joe, for people that um, didn't get to hear your time with me and John a couple weeks ago, let's go back and talk about um, your longstanding relationship with the people of Afghanistan. When did you go first? My first trip over there was in 2013 and 14. Okay. For a few months uh, okay. working the program where we train forces allied to the United States, Afghanistan at the time being one of them. And we train them in hard skills, soft skills to protect their nation against terrorism. Uh, and also what comes in with that terrorism is a lifestyle that's pretty brutal uh, from the Taliban, you know, plus 20 you know, years ago. So that was my first trip. And then for the last three and a half years, I've been there spending six to seven months a year in country. Wow. Holy smokes. You've been there more than you've been here, basically. I know your your wife's sitting behind you and she's nodding. She's yeah. like, no kidding. Yeah. My rotation before this last one was six months. Okay. So why you? Well, it's, it's a job that I have. Uh, I'm, I'm a U.S. security contractor, government security contractor. So you work for the State Department? Um, it, it's a subset of the State Department. It's called anti-terrorism okay. assistance. And uh, it's a uh, program that's been around 20 plus years. And it's in, I think, over 100 countries. Okay. Joe, move your microphone just a little closer to your mouth so we can hear you a little better. You can pick it up if you need to. Um, so your first time in Afghanistan. Uh, you know, you had been all over the world prior to that. It wasn't like it was your first trip abroad. Right. But it was your first time in country. What did you notice? Anything surprise you? Anything you thought, well, this isn't how I thought it would be? No, we, we, we got briefed on the country before we go. And okay. that's with every country. We get a, get a, a brief before we leave. Um, it's a hard life for Afghans. Uh, they're used to it. It's in what way? A lot of poverty. Um, very, um, very 
gothic maybe or mm. just you know they, they haven't progressed okay. a lot in the, especially the rural areas you know they're, mm. they're farmers or they're uh, they raise goats you know whatever they can do to feed their families and they literally live day by day uh, plus they have the unrest there when we got there in 2013 and 14 Taliban was active you know with attacks on different provinces wherever they had a stronghold uh, at the time the country was answering those those attacks fairly well in my opinion and um you know the the program was moving forward successfully mm-hmm. in my opinion but of course there there was certain parts of the country that were more dangerous than others so but what i did notice is even the support staff we had in our small camp and it, we were you know out in the rural area um in the winter time they'd be cutting up cardboard to heat their homes oh my god um you know and we'd take care of some of the guys that would help us you know where we did our laundry they'd do it for us and uh you know we we'd give them a little bit of money and the, they were so thankful. The the one guy, he was a favorite of mine. He was always the same guy that kind of helped me with uh, with that. And I gave him 10 bucks, and he was telling me how he was going to get on his bike, ride 15 miles into Kabul, buy fruit for his kids for dinner that night. He was so excited. You know, and uh, he wow. had five kids. And, um, and they didn't see a lot of fruit. They didn't see a lot of fruit because he didn't have that kind of money. You know, very, very limited as far as what they got paid. And literally, it went to heat their homes and feed their families, and there probably wasn't much left over. So if they're heating their homes with cardboard, that's not going to burn for long. No, they burn everything. They burn tires. They burn trash. Uh, they, they, when I say everything, they burned everything. And Kabul is one of the worst air pollution areas in the world. Is that right? Yeah, it's, it's terrible. It's, uh, it's, it's very dirty. It's um, a lot of respiratory problems you see with Afghanistan, uh, with the folks that live there. Uh, just because of that, there's nothing else there to heat their homes for the majority of the people. So you said from the beginning you knew you know that, that there were d- more dangerous pockets, more dangerous places uh, in the country. So the Taliban, even though it was restrained, was always pressing in. Sure. Yeah, we, we, we would get reports. Well, the last one, you know, of course, they were they were right outside our post. But... There'd be different times of the seasons. Usually in the wintertime, attacks would, would decrease. Uh, summertime, they would go up. Uh, plus, there was also additional, it wasn't always frontal attacks. We always had to be careful with the insider threat. We'd have situations where they'd kidnap a family member of somebody on our camp. So that family member or whoever was Someone there, who was helping you. Correct. So we would have to make sure that person was escorted off camp because they were always trying to leverage either a family member or bribes, money coercion, threat of killing their families. So that was one of our biggest concerns all the times we've been there is the insider threat and keeping up on those threats, which could eventually affect an attack inside our walls. So this was this became normal life for you? Sure. Knowing yeah. that those attacks were were maybe imminent, mm-hmm. certainly possible, and that, you know, just the, the lifestyle of bribes and kidnappings and that sort of thing, you just had to figure out how to navigate? Well, we, there's intelligence services that monitor that for us. We had a different mission of training them, equipping them, and getting them out there on mission. Uh, but that was always part of our security protocol. I mean, you literally had to watch everybody every day. You could have been working with somebody for the last two years, then all of a sudden it could be a problem if they're holding his wife or kids hostage. And we had incidences like that where their kids would disappear, uh, would have to talk with them about it. Um, so it was uh, it was a, an ongoing threat that we had to be aware of. 
Joe Sweeney's with me, founder and CEO of the Acervo Project. Joe's a former SWAT operative, bomb squad commander, U.S. government explosive security specialist who was in Afghanistan until just a couple weeks ago. Um, Joe and I are doing an event together this Friday. Friday night. It's going to be a good night. Yeah. Friday night, 6 o'clock um, to 8.30 p.m., Christ Church at Grove Farm. We're going to be having a conversation a lot like this, yeah. only we're going to hear questions from people who want to know more about Afghanistan, want to know more about, you know, what the situation is like there, what the people are like. You know, I mean, we're going to throw the... We're going to throw it open to whatever people want to ask, right? Yeah, it's going to be a conversation, specifics, questions and answers, uh, talking about the whole the whole situation from when I was there till even today. Yeah. Uh, hors d'oeuvres will be served at the beginning. Uh, there'll be a panel discussion that I'll moderate along with uh, John Steigerwald, and uh, we'll be happy to see you there. If you haven't purchased your tickets yet, please do so at wordfm.com. All right, Joe, so your particular work there, I know there's a lot that you can't talk about, so I'm not going to ask specifics, but um, your background in explosives is why you were initially brought into this team? That's correct. Okay. Yeah. So um, so what? So you were training uh, police forces in country? Yeah, we train paramilitary forces, uh, federal police, I guess. They're, they're more like commando units, SWAT teams okay. that we have in Pittsburgh and other, other cities here. Uh, we would we would not only train them in explosive countermeasures to deal with IEDs, uh, minefields, booby traps. Uh, we'd also equip them, teach them how to use the gear, how to use the equipment, uh, so they could be effective in their missions uh, against the Taliban. Because there's a lot of explosive issues in Afghanistan, right? There's been a lot mm-hmm. of stuff left by the Russians, and and of course whatever stolen from us at the time. So we would we would train them up for um, for several weeks and. Uh, they would be pretty proficient for the time we've had them. And, you know, and then we'd, of course, follow up with them on any incidents they ran into. They could reach back to us for advice, uh, suggestions on how to run an operation. Maybe they found some things they couldn't identify. So we would also support them that way. Okay. You know, we're going to go to a break early, Christy. Uh, when we come back, I want to give us a little more time, Joe, because I want to hear about your exit from Afghanistan, what that was like. And then maybe you can give us a window into maybe things that are still going on in country right now. Jay Sweeney, along Wednesday edition, Ride Home. Stay with us. I find that patients just want to be heard. Stock Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. That takes time to sit down and listen to what the patient has to say. Listen to their past experiences, because that's all important in how I then present treatment to them, formulate a treatment plan for them, and how we move forward with their treatment at our office. My mommy is a really good dentist, and she'll take good care of you. Harry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through dollar 
bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement. Offer valid through 123121. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrspittsburgh.com. That is windowsrspittsburgh.com. Are you ready for a life-fulfilling getaway where you can join renowned Bible teachers, best-selling authors, and award-winning worship artists in breathtaking locations? Sail the Sea of Galilee, gaze at the majesty of towering Alaska glaciers, or bask in the warmth of the Caribbean sun. Christian travel is the best way to see God's creation, and Inspiration Cruises and Tours will provide unforgettable moments just for you. For more information, visit inspirationcruises.com or call 800-247-1899. To be or not to be, if that's your pest question, get the help you need at boozebugstoppers.com. Booze respects bees until they become a stinging problem for homeowners. Boo and his Bug Stoppers team can safely remove wasps, hornets, carpenter, and ground bees with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Get a free quote today. When it comes to getting the buzz on bees, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at boozebugstoppers.com. Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance coverage. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. We'll see low clouds tonight with a heavy thunderstorm early in the evening, then patchy fog late with a low of 59. That fog will continue into tomorrow morning. It will be humid, otherwise mostly cloudy skies tomorrow, high 78. Partly cloudy and mild tomorrow night, low 63. Friday will round out the week with variable cloudiness. It'll be humid with a high of 82. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. In the studio with Joe Sweeney. Joe's joining me from, uh, well, from his house. He's been home for at least three weeks, right? Yeah. <laughs> after yeah. after he was in Afghanistan for the uh, most of the last, what, four or five years? Three and a half. Three and a half years. Yeah. Okay. Um, in our first segment, if you didn't get a chance to hear it, I just kind of let Joe set the table and talk to us about what Afghanistan was like when he arrived, what the people were like, you know, the atmosphere, the encroachment of the Taliban. Um, and now I'm going to fast forward to just three weeks ago when things started to rapidly deteriorate. Now, we just heard Anthony Blinken testifying before a Senate committee saying that no one in the presidential administration had any idea that the co- the country could have been overtaken by the Taliban in such a short period of time. So you were there. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I disagree with that. Uh, my my last rotation before this one in August was uh, six six months, and we knew in January and February there were problems. Really? Yeah. I mean, we were monitoring uh, during our briefs. You know, the the activity of the Taliban, how fast things were were moving on their end, and. Um, you could see the difference. You could see the people we worked with were different. Uh, they were more more concerned 
with what was going on, they had heard they would come up to us, hey, we hear rumors you're leaving. We never had orders that we were leaving in February or March. But Afghans heard that. But yeah, you know, and a lot of it is from the media, from either the media in Europe, you know, BBC, CNN, Fox, you, you know, so they, they watch all that stuff. And a lot of them, you know, can, the ones that don't speak English, they'll get with the interpreters to tell them, hey, what are they saying? Because they're fearful. I mean, these are people that live in the country. They're not warriors. They're not fighters. They have small families. They, they, you know, besides helping us, um, they would also, uh, you know, maybe raise raise animals, goats, you know, whatever they can do to make ends meet. So, and then when I went back in August, you certainly could see a difference. Um, th- there was a lot of uh, lack of communication, I should say, uh, from our end, from our folks telling us what the next steps were. We were, I was working with a team, you know, we were working on explosive breaching and hostage rescue, and um, they were asking us how, how long before we, you know, get them out the door, and we're like, why, what's the issue here, do we have to condense this? this? Why are we in such a hurry? Yeah, yeah, like, do we have to condense this training operation here? So, for the last, you know, those those first two weeks, and I had just gotten back there in the 3rd or 4th of August, I think, um, we were having meetings every day, so we knew something was not right. Um so you knew that the president had already decided what the last date was going to be. Well, we didn't. Not really. I mean, I was scheduled to be there till December. Really? On my rotation. Then that last week before the collapse of the country in Kabul, uh, the government there, uh, as of Friday, uh, that would have been the 13th, mm, you know, we knew a lot of the team were going to leave early. They asked four or five of us to stick around because we had to get the camp prepared to turn over to the Afghan nationals, to the units we were supporting. And uh, Saturday's when it just, the bottom fell out. I mean, we got to call a three-hour window, get ready to evac out of here. Three hours. So you were going to be there till December, and they tell you you have to be out in three hours. Well, at that point, they told me we were leaving around the 25th. Uh, and, the, said, and the last day, according to the U.S. president, was U.S. troops out August 31st. You were going to stay till December in kind of an external capacity? No, no. That was before the fall. Got it. That, that, that week of August, right before they, they marched into Kabul. Yeah. That would have been about the 13th, if I, if I remember correctly. At that point, I was asked with two others to stay behind uh, until the 25th. And we were going to get rid of material, let's just say, certain things that we had to make sure were destroyed that you didn't want to leave behind Correct. for enemy forces to use yeah but that all changed on the 14th we got the three-hour call in the afternoon be ready to evac out of here in three hours so we so all... what did that mean you had you three... had months of plans yeah yeah well i mean we we had already started to 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 do some procedures and you know we had some things going on to get rid of things but it just escalated literally at that moment to a full-scale evac, your go bags, things that had to be taken care of, and be up there on the pad. Joe, what about the Afghans that were working with you? Well, of course, it was it was pretty chaotic when we got that. You know, we had to start getting vehicles lined up because a lot of our vehicles we had already taken back over to the airport. It, it was shock in their in their faces, as well as we were surprised that it was happening that fast. Um, we literally had to pack up our stuff, do, do the other things we had to take care of in camp, and with our Afghan partners watching us, and, and they were thanking us. We told them we got the word that we were evac, and, and they were thanking us and, and you know, very much for, for our time there. 
But we literally had to get on these CH-46s and look them in the face and leave them because we weren't authorized to bring them back. These were people that worked with us. Um, I had seven Afghan nationals that worked for me that would assist in the training of these other Afghan units. I had two interpreters, um, and they were left, and they're still there. Joe Sweeney with us, founder and CEO of the Asovo Project, talking about his time in Afghanistan just up until three weeks ago, explosive security specialist. Um, have you heard any word from those people? Yeah, we're trying to we're trying to support them with information on how to get out of country, but it's not going very well at all. The borders are shut down. Of course, the air the airport closed. Uh, whatever date that was, the thirtieth. I actually think it was the last last flight out of there. Um, we've not been successful in helping them. Um, some of them do have their SIVs, their special immigrant visas, but right now Taliban controls the entire operation in that country. Uh, some of the information we're getting is have them fill out, you know, certain paperwork to get uh, transit visas or other type of documents to travel. <laughs> and we're, we're explaining they're hunting our people now. They have already killed some of our people. They have given their daughters to the Taliban leadership after they kill them. So we can't rely on the current government to do this. I mean, it's just not it's not going to happen. So we're trying to convey that message uh, and try to find some workarounds to get them out of the country. So, okay, it's time for us to take a break again. Uh, when we come back, Joe, let's talk about um, what we know about how things are now and maybe what can be done, if anything, um, so that we don't just sit here on our hands and, you know, emote in a way that's not helpful. Um, okay, it's The Ride Home. Happy to have Joe Sweeney in the studio. Stay with us. Much more to come on The Ride Home. W-O-R-D. A few years back, a popular Christian author said hell is incompatible with a God of love. What do you think? What does the Bible say about hell and heaven and what eternal life will be like? John MacArthur shows you how Jesus described heaven and hell in memorable short stories called parables. Be here for Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 W-O-R-D. On August 14th, a magnitude 7.2 earthquake decimated southwest Haiti. So they are trying now if they can save their people because there's so much people down there. More than 2,000 people have been killed. Thousands of others injured and missing. Homes, businesses, churches, and schools have been leveled. Tens of thousands of people are left homeless, sleeping in the streets. All of this tragedy in the poorest country on this side of the world. Food for the Poor has been serving in Haiti for more than 35 years. We've already shipped almost 100 containers of relief supplies to the victims of this disaster. But your generous, compassionate gifts will keep the help and hope flowing in the days, weeks, and months to come. So please, give your most generous gift now to minister relief to the desperate people of Haiti. Dial pound 250 on your cell phone and just say, I want to give. On your mobile phone, dial pound 250 and say, I want to give. Dial pound 250 on your cell phone and just say, I want to give. Or you can click the red Help Haiti banner at wordfm.com. 
Don't let bees buzz off your customers. Get the help you need at boozebugstoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly or quarterly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Boo's 100% satisfaction guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. We're talking about Afghanistan with Joe Sweeney, founder and CEO of the Acervo Project. Joe's a former SWAT operator, bomb squad commander, and U.S. government explosive security specialist who just up until a couple weeks ago was in Afghanistan. Um, Joe, the last time you were with us here on the air, and I, I don't want to recap the whole thing because people can go back and watch the tape. You can watch any of our uh, any of our interviews on uh, on YouTube. The YouTube channel is The Word Pittsburgh. But, Joe, you talked about your exit from Afghanistan, which was um, dicey. Yes. Yes, that, that day we got the three-hour window. We had actually known the day before that the Taliban was uh, roughly about a mile up the road, camped out for a day and a half. Um, we didn't have any information that, that we were going to be attacked at that point, but I think they were focusing on Kabul. You know, that okay. was the prize, you know. Yeah. But it happened so fast. I mean, there had to be some other things going on. You know, the Afghan government fled, the president, vice president, cabinet members, generals, they all left with pallets of cash too, so you know. So I, they knew it was coming. They knew it was coming, and I think it was it was a an organized exit on their part. There's no way you can tell me the Taliban moved that fast through that country without any help. And there's a lot of networks, right? We know the Chinese have been there. We know um, the Haqqani network has been there for for quite a long time. Al Qaeda has been there. Uh, ISIS, you know, th- these aren't all new. They've been there. I mean, uh, sometimes I think, you know, the media portrays it like, oh, they all come in. Right, all of a sudden. Yeah, they've been there for a while, you know. So I think it all contributed to this, to this. And then, of course, you know, with our exit, it was, we were probably one of the few units out there, you know, with minimal security. So uh, we knew when they gave us the three-hour window that it was urgent. So we, you know, we start doing what we had to do. And like I said, right before we closed, you know, we had to get on these helicopters without them. You know, and it uh, it was disgraceful how we left. So let's talk about what um, what we know about how things are on the ground in Afghanistan now. So you've still got people who uh, you worked with for a long time that you're striving to get out. Yeah, we, we probably have 45 to 50 personnel and interpreters in their families. Uh, we're trying to support them. With so that's how many people you're talking about? Just in our group. 
wow. there's tens of thousands probably that have helped the army and other other organizations there that are trying to get out. Right now, they're all in hiding. Uh, some of them have been found. They've been killed as well as their families have been killed. And uh, the, every day that goes by, the, the, the Taliban are getting more and more organized and able to start organized searches home to home to find these people. Uh, and they'll kill them and they'll kill their families. And if they got kids, they'll either be killed or they'll be turned over to Taliban leadership or they'll be sold into trafficking to help fund their terrorist operations. So we know from reading the news that um, Senator Blumenthal and others have been uh, Senator Menendez have been unhappy with how uh, the State Department has handled things. I don't want you to comment on that. Um, But I am going to ask you um, if you have other networks that um, there are there people in other countries that surround Afghanistan that are allies for you? Well, I think at this point, not really, because the borders are closed up in the north. Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, you have Iran. Uh, Pakistan is on the other side. Um, as of right now, there there probably isn't much help. So there's a plane flight, and that's the only way out. Yeah, it's not. Even, and flights are all they're not happening. The only flights that are happening are, are with Qatar, and they're very limited on who's on them. Taliban searching everybody that's on them, so th- it's not an option for for our for our guys. How do you deal with that? So this is this this was your life for a long time. These were your allies. Uh, for a long time. Yeah, well, I've been doing this job in some fashion for 28 years. So it's, it's not the first crisis and it's not the first battle you lose. Um, you know, you, you regroup and you try to find solutions for it until until you're successful. Um, you don't let it weigh you down. You, you can't let it distract you from your other responsibilities. I mean, we run the Aservo Project. We are extremely busy there with human trafficking initiatives to rescue people and hunt these perpet- perpetrators and predators down. So... It, it, to me, it's just part of what I've been doing for, for a long mm-hmm. time, and um, you know, we just keep working toward a toward a successful solution. Okay, I appreciate that. Um, so, I, I saw this article today. Uh, Religion News Service put this out. Three former presidents and first ladies have joined with, with religious leaders, faith-based refugee resettlement agencies, and others to support a new national organization with the goal of making it easier to help Afghan evacuees arriving in the U.S. This is called Welcome U.S. It was just launched yesterday, providing a single point of entry for Americans to donate to frontline organizations, to host families, find other ways to help Afghans. So that's for people who have already made it here. Right. Which right. I think is terrific. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that's a thing. Um, talk about um, Operation Afghan Freedom. We launched that last week. <clears throat> we, we had some people reach out to us saying, hey, what's going on over there? How can we, as the Aservo Project, do anything? Some of them are my board members as, as well that reached out. And I said, we absolutely can. Um, we can we can start tailoring off what we're trying to do with our personnel and start to identify where these refugee camps are. We can start providing medical care and food in them once we can get access to those. Uh, Refugee camps turn into prison yards pretty quick. Those kids will be sold just as easy after time in those refugee camps for money or any other type of exchange that their family wants to do that with or other, other females as well, whether it's the kids or adults. So our first, that's our first goal there is we launched this to start raising money uh, for that entire region the instability that this caused in that region now is going to bleed across these borders, not only from Afghanistan mm-hmm. into these refugee camps. And so, where are the camps? Well, 
we're trying to confirm some of that now. Uh, we did hear there's one potentially going to open in Uzbekistan. I believe there's one in South Africa. Um, I'm not sure about Tajikistan. I'm sure there'll be one there as well. But right now they're not open. Um, I don't think they're going to open until later in September is the last word we got. So, And we're also going to do rescues. You know, we're going to do, you know, ground rescues of how if we can get them across these borders and safely uh, in an organized way without being uh, without being detected. Okay, so so Operation Afghan Freedom is one of several organizations, people, you know, private citizens like yourself kind of taking it upon yourself to say, okay, well, if if we can't do anything via the State Department, we're going to do something ourselves. That's right. That's what Operation Afghan Freedom is. It's a part of the Acervo project where we're going to put uh, specific resources to that project. And it's the long game. It's it's months, if not years. Yes, yeah, so this is not something that's going to be three days and done. No, it'll take us months to even get into these refugee camps, but it needs funded. you know. So we, we are launching that this week to, to uh, have people educated on exactly what's going on over there. Because the massacres and, and the killings are going on as we sit here talking. I get reports every single day of who's been caught, who's not caught, other people that have helped uh, on the Army side, interpreters that have been caught and killed. Uh, This is occurring every single day, and it's getting worse. Does that seem unreal to you as you sit in America getting these, you know, text messages? Or or because it was so much a part of your life for so long, you know, you can instantly, like, mentally get back there? Well, I I can get back there, but what's crazy is no one's talking about it. None of the medias, you're talking, you and I are talking about yeah. it, but even some of the mainstream, all of them, I mean, they might touch on a video where the women were beat. You might have saw that the other night. You know, that that is the that is the least of the abuse that's occurring behind behind these shadows of nobody wants to report the truth. Um, I don't have the bandwidth to to, to to expose it, but, you know, there's reasons why, I guess. I guess they don't want they don't want it to look as, as disastrous as the exit was. So and they just and keep... people's attention spans are short. Oh yeah, and no. so Afghanistan was a really big deal for two weeks, and now we're moving on to another big deal. Another thing, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're going to take another break. It's our last break of the hour. When we come back, um, let's talk about the Acervo Project. Great. Let's let people know what that's about and how Operation Afghan Freedom fits into it, and how people can be involved. That's next. Our last bit of the four o'clock hour. The ride home. When it comes to your child's education, consistency is key. And in a world that's been anything but, parents have found an unshakable educational partner in Eden Christian Academy, where students experience an engaging, rock-solid Christian education at each of their three North Hills campuses, enabling them to thrive academically, spiritually, and socially. Take a tour during Admissions Week beginning October 18th and see what a consistent, quality pre-K through 12th grade education can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. When it comes to our business, I've got a couple pet peeves. One is how difficult it is to keep the paper towel dispensers full in our bathrooms. Impossible. My second pet peeve is the number of solicitors we get asking us to advertise. TV, billboards, social media, newspaper, little papers, big mailers, mini mailers. A forever nightmare. It's Ryan. And a bunch of years back, our Faith and Family Mortgage Team made a decision to only advertise on Christian radio. Our faith is a big deal to us. And so we figured it was a good place to start. And we haven't changed since. And here's the point. We're all in here on Word FM. We chose this station for a reason. We love this station. 
And if you choose to call, I think you'll find a team on the other end that wants to serve you specifically. Now, if I can just figure out the paper towel thing. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Hello, Word FM listeners. I'm Andrew Pawaski, General Sales Manager at Salem Media here in Pittsburgh. Looking to upgrade your career? Increase your annual earnings? At Salem Media, we sell advertising campaigns to local business owners using our radio stations and Salem Surround assets featuring over 50 social media and digital products. If you have more than two years of successful outside sales experience, proficient computer skills, and a drive to be the best, please go to salem.com. CC and look for Pittsburgh under the careers tab. Salem Media Pittsburgh is an equal opportunity employer. Thinking about life insurance? Did you know in just a few minutes you can find the best price from up to 10 price competitive companies for free? You can with SelectQuote. For example, George is 39. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around... I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $22 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino, and believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985... We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Right. All right, closing out the hour with Joe Sweeney, who uh, has joined me very kindly uh, since about 410. We've been talking about Afghanistan, uh, what happened, uh, what can be done, what's going on as we speak. Um, and so let's turn our attention to the what can we do uh, element. Uh, Operation Afghan Freedom. You brought that up before the break. Um, this is uh, an organization that was just started a couple days ago. Well, no, it's a, it's a mission under the Acervo Project. It's, it's part of the Acervo project. We got, we got approached by some individuals asking what can be done about the trafficking situation for the women and children now who have totally now tenfold become more at risk because of the Taliban takeover and because of the culture of the Taliban. So we discussed it, and I, and I told him, I said, we certainly can solve some of those problems. So what we did was we launched this mission with, under the Acervo project. It's one of our missions, just like any other Operation Afghan Freedom. So we're marketing that specifically for Afghanistan and the surrounding countries over there that have been destabilized by this uh, this terrorist act where the women and children are already being sold, already being given to Taliban leadership to, uh, to not only just their deviant lifestyle and culture of how they treat women and children, but also to fund their terrorist organization. So we're making a campaign. Uh, to get over there and start to rescue as many children and women as we possibly can, both in Afghanistan and the surrounding refugee camps. Mm -hmm. All right. So Operation Afghan Freedom, then one mission of the kind of one arm of the Acervo Project. Mm -hmm. So let's back up and talk about Acervo. Well, Acervo Project is an anti-trafficking uh, organization we founded uh, four years ago, my wife and I. And it was once we were exposed to the epidemic and the scope of it, of you know, tens of millions of people trafficked every year globally, you know, 100, 100 to $150 billion criminal enterprise. So when I became aware of the scope and how much uh, 
uh, it, it just was not only globally but in the United States, it, it was very troubling to me. So we formed this organization to rescue the victims and also hold the perpetrators accountable and the child predators. Uh, we work with law enforcement. We do a lot of the initial investigations and we get leads. So we try to do the heavy lift for the law enforcement agencies because they don't have the manpower budgets. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what they told us early days. That's why we started the organization. But we also now are you know, child exploitation is another big problem with the, with the pedophiles and the child uh, issues we've been we've been seeing over the last probably year and a half. So um, that also is busy. You know, it's um, we, we new cases every week, uh, new leads you got to follow up on. Uh, many times it's the family involved. It's just another horrific piece of humanity that uh, unfortunately has gone unchecked. So a servo is a collection of what, uh, Joe? Law enforcement people, uh, people who work in intelligence, people who work overseas. What, is, what does it look like? Yes, very, very similar. It's um, f former law enforcement and military personnel. It's also uh, cyber analysts and IT people. Um, where you know a lot of this, a lot of this crime is conducted on the internet. Sure. So we have a pretty robust program online to identify the victims and also identify the predators looking for kids and other other individuals. And we also have the the capability to not only investigate but to do surveillance. And we have this capability globally with assets from my career. Mm, yeah. We sure. lean on the assets and the friends we've made over the twenty eight years to assist us, trusted assets, because of the corruption also in this industry because it's it's such a lucrative business. So that's that's the operations piece. Kind of kind of watered yeah. down, but not to not to talk too much about how we operate. Yeah. So you and your wife have kind of um built this a server project over the last several years, right? So now you have kind of the players in place. Oh yeah. And now you need funds to make it happen. Yeah. Correct. We, we've actually even started our own tip line because we were getting information where the other tip line is so over, uh, it's overstressed, right? The national Not line. enough people. So we started our own so people would also have another avenue to come in. But that's exactly it. We've, I mean, we've been grassroots since day one, since March 2017. Um, and we've, you know, we've had some great volunteers. But that mission and that model is not sustainable to fight a $150 billion criminal enterprise. Right. So we need people to get behind us. We need philanthropy. We need corporations. We need like-minded people who want to get in here, understand what we do. We can trust them, show them how successful we are, and then we can really start making a dent into this epidemic. Yeah. So for people who are listening and they're saying, yeah, okay, so whether it's Operation Afghan Freedom or it's the Sovar project in general. Yeah, I want to do something that matters. I don't want to just get caught up in my news feed on Twitter. I want to actually, you know, put my money where my mouth is. So, right. what do they do? You can go on our website, theservoproject.org. Uh and there's also a contact page on there. You can fill it out if you want to speak to one of us. Um, we get all the messages. We're pretty prompt. I mean, because we get a lot of questions. A lot of people don't understand this. Well, problem. sex trafficking is something that no one had, uh, the average person in America hadn't heard of until five years ago. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't a term that we knew. It wasn't, so, it wasn't a thing that we recognized as important. And it looks different. You know, it's not the movie taken all the time. I mean, that can happen. But these people, th th yeah. they are such manipulators and they exploit the vulnerabilities in these people. Um, that's what they call it sometimes hidden in plain sight. You walk right by it. Right. Um, so your website is what? Theoservoproject.org. 
A S S E R V O. Yeah, correct. Okay. And uh, you can go on there. There's also a donation page on there. You can donate right on um, to the organization online. If you have questions, you can fill out the contact page, and uh, we'd be happy to talk with you. But we we need to we need to broaden our reach. Yeah, that's what we need. We need platforms. We need people out there that have platforms that can get to a million people, you know, or two million people. I mean, if if we if we join us as the masses, we can do this. I mean, it's not that much. We're not looking for $20 million here, right? right? We're just looking to fund this to get some full-time people in there to go out there and do these operations. The Acervo Project. Also, Friday night, I'm hosting an event, and Joe's going to be the star of the show. And if you want to come and ask your own questions about Afghanistan or about the Acervo Project, please, would you join us at Christ Church at Grove Farm, 6 o'clock to 8.30 p.m. on Friday evening. Hors d'oeuvres mixer will start at the beginning, and then we'll get underway. Please, buy your tickets now, wordfm.com, because there are a limited number. I'm afraid they're all going to go before the end of today. So please, go online, wordfm.com, buy your tickets. An evening with Joe Sweeney this Friday, 6 p.m. Joe, thanks so much. Thank you. See you soon. Pleasure. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey, 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Three former U.S. presidents are joining forces to support refugees from Afghanistan. Republican George W. Bush and Democrats Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, along with their wives, will serve in a new group that's helping Afghans settle in the United States. It's called Welcome.us and is a coalition of advocacy groups, U.S. businesses, and other leaders. The website will allow Americans to donate, host a refugee family, or find other ways to help. In a statement, the Bushes said thousands of Afghans stood with us, and now they need our help. Greg Clugston, Washington. Nicholas weakening into a tropical depression as it crawls across southern Louisiana, unleashing heavy rain across the coast of Mississippi, Alabama, and the Florida Panhandle. The storm turning into a sprawling system with lots of water. On Wall Street, the Dow up 218 points and the NASDAQ ahead 100. This is SRN News. As Joe Sweeney's plane left the tarmac and the Taliban rolled into Kabul, America's longest war was at an end. After years of working with our Afghan allies, the questions persist. Was it worth it? And what will the future be for those who remain? Salem Media presents an evening with Joe Sweeney at Christ Church at Grove Farm in Sewickley. This Friday from 6 to 8.30 p.m., an hors d'oeuvre mixer followed by a moderated panel discussion with Joe featuring John Steigerwald and Kathy Emmons. Get tickets now at wordfm.com. Sponsored in part by Veteran Plumbing and Peace, Love, and Little Donuts. If you think vaccines alone will protect you from COVID-19, think again. More breakthrough cases of COVID variants show that vaccinated people are still vulnerable to the deadly disease. To be safe, monitor regularly for fever as it's the leading sign of COVID-19. Use Exergen, the only thermometer scientifically proven to detect fever. And beware of non-contact devices that miss five out of six fevers. Remember, vaccines are not enough. So protect yourself and your family with the Exergen Temporal Scanner. Learn more at exergen.com. If you can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. For over 100 years, QDOT has fixed big mechanical systems for the commercial industry, from hospitals and factories to churches and schools. 
You deserve to be treated fairly when it comes to your home's HVAC system. QDOT can solve any mechanical challenge, big or small. For affordable repairs, replacement, and maintenance, QDOT answers 24-7-365. And your safety is their top priority. Call 412-366-6200 at q-dot.com. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For a free quote, call 800-523-3771. That's 800-523-3771. 800-523-3771. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. To be or not to be, if that's your pest question, get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Booze respects bees until they become a stinging problem for homeowners. Boo and his Bug Stoppers team can safely remove wasps, hornets, carpenter, and ground bees with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Get a free quote today. When it comes to getting the buzz on bees, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. We'll see low clouds tonight with a heavy thunderstorm early in the evening, then patchy fog late with a low of 59. That fog will continue into tomorrow morning. It will be humid, otherwise mostly cloudy skies tomorrow, high 78. Partly cloudy and mild tomorrow night, low 63. Friday will round out the week with variable cloudiness. It'll be humid with a high of 82. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Welcome in. Happy to have you along for the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. Boy, that was a really, really good hour with uh, Joe Sweeney. Um, if you missed any of the hour, you can uh, watch it back on, uh, we'll put a clip up on YouTube. Our YouTube channel is... Uh, the word Pittsburgh. And um, Joe's going to be with me live on Friday night at Christ Church at Grove Farm. The uh, event starts at six o'clock and ends at 830. And we're going to be talking about Afghanistan. We're going to be talking about Joe's experience there, um, how he see things, how he sees things right now and um, how we can be involved. Um, he started a new arm of the Asover Project to help uh, people in Afghanistan. And so um, we'll be happy to talk about that and give us a place to put, you know, a lot of our concern, um, do something physical that helps someone who's in particular need right now. So please join us on Friday night. Your tickets, uh, you have to get them at wordfm.com and hurry up because um, I know they're going fast. Okay, so I want to lighten things up a little bit, Christy, because that was heavy, and we got a lot of heavy stuff also coming this hour. So I want to do something that is really <laughs> – okay, so um, if you're thinking about foods that would help you, would help your body, Christy, 
to either recover from a workout or to be well prepared for a workout? What kinds of foods would you think of? Just off the top of your head, as someone who's not a healthcare professional or, you know, a fitness expert. I mean, I work out and I usually take some protein powder or okay. drink a protein milk okay. before and after. Okay. Um, I don't know, maybe some like beans or something, some carbs. Uh, had you thought of a Rice Krispie? I, I have not. <laughs> not on the top of my list. Okay. That was funny because, um, you know, I work out uh, five days a week and... Um, I usually try to follow up a workout with yogurt, you know, something that has, you know, like a protein hit like you're talking about. Never have I considered a Rice Krispie treat, but my friend, that is the latest viral fitness trend. Uh, the craze has recently taken off on, I know, surprise, TikTok, right? Inspiring. Maybe people, probably like a year ago, we were eating Tide Pods on TikTok, right? So the fact that that Rice Krispie treats have come as like some kind of crazy fitness snack should not be a surprise. Anyway. The craze has taken off, inspiring users to share their results on social media. Okay, but this will not surprise you. Experts are saying that perhaps reaching for a Rice Krispie treat before your workout is not the best idea. But okay, so one of the most popular videos that's going on right now on TikTok about this um, is a guy who says that the snack gives you an insane pump at the gym. Okay, the clip goes on to show him <laughs> besting his personal weightlifting record after downing a pre-workout Rice Krispie treat. Okay? Now, 175,000 people watched this. Okay? And 14,000 people said, "Yes, I like that." Okay. So, he says, "Trust me when I say it, Rice Krispies give you the best workout." All right. Now, by textbook nutrition standards, this will not surprise any of us. You ideally want to eat something well-rounded when you're eating carbohydrates anyway, right? So you want to have some proteins with that. You want to have some fat with anyway. That, that's the way it works. So experts are saying that the Rice Krispie treat, of course, is mostly carbs and it's easily digested. So that's a good thing. But there's no protein in it for you. And so there's no Greek yogurt. There's none of your protein powder. There's none of that. And so maybe it's giving you like a sugar high that will be followed by a sugar crash, which is not going to be good for your workout. It's probably not going to be good for you either. Okay. I just, in case anyone listening right now, is trying this and thinking this is going to be the answer to all of your workout concerns. This probably is not going to be your answer. Um, so Michael Dignault, and I could be pronouncing that incorrectly because I don't know Michael, he's an emergency physician and a chief medical advisor for Reliant Health Services. He says that he thinks that the brief sugar high plus a placebo effect from the perceived performance enhancement is what's really behind it. So it's not even, I mean, it's even worse than the sugar high. It's the fact that you're tricking yourself into thinking that you're doing something good and that's why you feel like your workout was just that awesome. I mean, anyway, he says, we know there is certainly a benefit to having a post-workout protein in the form of a smoothie or a meal, but as far as pre-workout, Athletes' preferences vary, and they can include training on an empty stomach, which is what I'd, I could never eat anything before I work out. Never, never. I would be so sick. Anyway, he says some people also eat a small meal of protein and a good fat like avocado or use a pre-workout supplement. We've lost our minds. I just tried to find the video. There's, there's now so many people trying out this fad. I can't find the original. Rice Krispie treats for your workout. 
I mean, it, seriously, it like, it, like try to get away from the fad, like the viral content of it. Take a step back and say, does anybody think that makes any sense? I mean, good grief. People. Again, we've lost our minds. All right, coming up next, Dr. Charles Moore is going to be with us. Following the call, living the Sermon on the Mount together. It's next, right home. WORD. For the Christian, are there moments when anger is justified? Ahead from Chuck Swindoll. Don't be afraid of feeling angry. I've heard people say that you should never be angry because you're a Christian. Wrong. There are times when if you don't feel angry, something's wrong. This subject and others when our study in the book of Matthew continues on Insight for Living with Chuck Swindoll. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. Pumpkins, 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 and more pumpkins. Pumpkins are what the Springhouse is thinking about this time of year. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, and we love sharing our farm with you during this beautiful time of year. We've got all kinds of fun planned for you and your family to be able to spend the whole day on our farm. Pumpkin patch hay rides, a petting zoo, giant square bale stack and pipes for sliding, a hay maze and a corn maze, pumpkin picking right out of the field, old time games under a tent up on the hill, and lots more. And when you get hungry, of course we have great eats inside too, with lots of pumpkin creations. Pumpkin pie, pumpkin cookies, pumpkin bread, pumpkin custard, and even pumpkin black bean chili. Every October Saturday features a family-friendly meal, and October Sundays feature our 4-H hog roast with all the fixins. Plan to spend a memory-making day on the farm at the Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. Did you know that Big Lou can vaccinate your entire estate from the virus known as Uncle Sam? That's right. Big Lou and Term Provider have the only single-dose solution in town, a $1 million term life insurance policy. Yep, a $1 million term life insurance policy with no side effects. One call to Big Lou can lead to an entire estate vaccination that will provide 100% guaranteed protection against estate taxes and debt, even if you are a bit porky or have a splash of sugar diabetes. In fact, a 50-year-old male may qualify for half a million dollars of coverage for less than 100 bucks per month, a million for less than 200 per month. Call Big Lou at Term Provider to get the service and price you deserve with zero side effects. Call 800-555-2085 right now. 800-555-2085. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He follows the science too. Call 800-555-2085 or visit BigLou.com. Big Lou doesn't give tax advice. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. Happy to have you along for this edition of The Ride Home. I'm excited to welcome Charles Moore to the program. Uh, he's got a new project out called Following the Call, Living the Sermon on the Mount Together. For those of you that are watching the show now on YouTube, I'm going to hang 
hold it up there for you so you can see the cover of the book. Um, Charles Moore is co-editor with Christian T. Collins' win of the Bloomhard Source Series. Also edited several acclaimed popular collections of Bloomhard writings, including Action and Waiting and Everyone Belongs to God. I also want to bring up um, one of the books that Charles uh, compiled and edited called Bread and Wine, Readings for Lent and Easter, which both John and I have used as a Lenten guide over the years and really enjoyed. So very happy to be welcoming Charles to the program. Charles, welcome in. Thank you, Kathy. Good to be on with you. Yeah. Um, so this is a this is a wonderful thing that you've put together. I really, really am excited about it. Um, so let's talk first off about the Sermon on the Mount. Um, people listening to the radio, maybe they've never opened a Bible. They don't know what the Sermon on the Mount is. Um, give us a thumbnail sketch. Sure. Um, well, in Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapters 5 through 7, there's a group of teachings um, of Jesus uh, collected together by um, Matthew, one of his followers, um, known as the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus uh, calls his disciples to him on a, on a mountainside and gives them very specific instructions about what life in the kingdom is all about. Mm. And um, the the Sermon on the Mount is, you know, I would say, famous. Um, it's one of the most well-known things that um, I think that even people who are outside the church would recognize as something that Jesus said. Um, when you get into it, though, Charles, um, it's incredibly challenging. It's incredibly indicting um, for every person who reads it. Yes, it, it really is probably the most well-known uh, group of teachings. And I say group of teachings because we find the Sermon on the Mount elsewhere in the other Gospels, but it's collected as one sermon and there you get uh, the Beatitudes, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit and those who mourn and so forth. You have the Lord's Prayer. Um, you have uh, what are known as the Antitheses. That's where Jesus said, you have heard it said long ago, but I say unto gotcha. you. Mm-hmm. That, so there's just a, a lot of golden nuggets, and they are challenging. They sure are. So I would say it's comforting. Um, it's beautiful very, very beautiful um, in a literary sense. Um, it's uh, mind-expanding. It's uh, convicting. It's it's a little bit of everything. It, it is. Um, you know, Russell Moore from Christianity Today um, refers to uh, this collection that I've put together um, in this way. Um, the book will surprise, delight, um, it will cause melancholy, mm. um, argument, at every turn, but will lead you back to Jesus. Um, and that's what Jesus' Sermon on the Mount is, and the selections from different authors that I have reflecting on the Sermon on the Mount will give rise to both comfort and encouragement, but um, a lot of conviction as well. Yeah. Charles Moore is with me. His brand new work is called Following the Call, Living the Sermon on the Mount Together. So, um, Charles, there are a lot of books on the Sermon on the Mount. Um, this one is different, though, because this is not, you know, a didactic teaching from uh, your pen uh, to the book. This is really a collection of all sorts of, of thinkers. So tell us about it. Yeah, it, 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 the book is unique in a number of ways. First of all, it consists of a variety of voices from various Christian traditions and time periods. Um and the reason why I did that is that uh, this sermon, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, is everyone's sermon. It's really addressed for the church. And there's keen insights and reflections from a vast array of deeply committed followers of Christ. And I felt that it was important that we, we glean from them. But this is not a commentary, and it's not a how-to book. It, it's personal, 
it's very prophetic. And when you read these selections, you come away not only pondering, but you should come away wondering, how can I live out the Sermon on the Mount more faithfully in my life? So it calls for decision. Hmm. So just to name a couple of the um, of the people who are included in Charles Moore's book, uh, Martin Luther King Jr., Barbara Brown Taylor, Mother Teresa, N.T. Wright, Leo Tolstoy, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, Augustine of Hippo, uh, Tim Keller. Uh, so this is quite a cross-section, uh, Charles, which leads me to believe, and this is no surprise because I've read others of your books, is that you are a wide reader. And that's one of the things that I very much appreciate about you. So many um, believers today, especially in America, are very narrow in the the teachers that they follow, the books that they read. And um, I think that we do ourselves a disservice when we just look to one person or one tradition to tell us everything we need to know about this incredible God who made the universe. Um, you really express it well, Kathy. Um you know, I, I can become very over-familiar with even the Bible, let alone the people that I like to listen to. And the different voices here um, have helped me over the years um, look at something that um, is familiar in a new way. And uh, so I think that uh, we do ourselves a disservice, and then we inadvertently, in the body of Christ, um, actually end up dividing because we don't really draw upon the rich insight from one another, even in our differences. So uh, I think you just expressed it very well. Charles Moore, the book is Following the Call, Living the Sermon on the Mount together. Uh, Charles, I want to talk about um, how you've chosen to live. You remember the Bruderhof community? That's right. Um, The Bruderhof comes from an Anabaptist tradition. I did not grow up in a community. Um, This community, my wife and I joined in our 30s. And what's unique about our church community tradition is that we really are inspired by how the earliest Christians, as described in Acts 2 and 4, lived, and where they share everything in common. Um, There was um, a commitment um, to be one body, so we don't have private property. We share um, our lives together. We um, live together, worship together, um, uh, eat at a common table, do ministry together. And so we really try to live out, actually, the Sermon on the Mount um, as, a, as a body uh, uh, in a very committed community. Mm-hmm. So uh, I love the Bruderhof. I don't know if you know that, Charles, but I went and um, – are, are, are you from the Farmington community? Uh, you know, my wife and I lived there in the 90s, and we uh, spent most of our time in New York. And in the last couple of years, we've been – doing uh, um, a community adventure in Denver, exploring the possibility of starting a a community in Colorado. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, Charles. About three years yeah. ago, I went and spent a weekend at um, at the Farmington location um, to okay. get to get to know friends in the Bruderhof. I had a terrific time. Um, Tessa was my host, and I really loved it. And I felt um, I felt like a lot of a lot of things about uh, my life were challenged by being there, and I just really appreciated the friendships I made that day. Um, so, for people who who look at the way you live, Charles, and say, "Well, that's crazy." Um, I mean, the way I live is crazy. You know, we're, we're all trying to figure it out. But talk about what you've gained um, by living as you've chosen to live in that community. Well, you know, it actually ties right into this book because our community, um, right from its inception, 
was brought together, inspired by these very words found in the Sermon on the Mount. And so, you know, you can read um, Scripture, and then it's another thing to really live it out and then be held accountable to live it out. So I would say that one of the main things that I have gained uh, now living in the Bruderhof community for almost 30 years is that um, it, it, it is a context in which we can actually practice what Jesus teaches. You know, um, the very first antithesis, you know, you've heard that it was said, if you're angry at your brother, okay, um, or I, I do not murder, but I say even if you're angry, um, and then don't go to the gift, uh, offer your gift to the altar until you are reconciled with your brother or sister. Well, um, you know, when you live close together, you can come into conflict. And here's a, uh, the context in which I could actually apply um, this particular passage. Um, and so in our own community, we do not come into common prayer. We make a commitment not to come to common prayer unless we are really reconciled with each brother and sister at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty challenging. Yeah. No, it's very challenging. And um, and I think that your commitment to just trying to not leave the words on the page, but actually trying to live according to what Jesus um Jesus told us is admirable. And so I very much appreciate that. Um, Charles, the other thing, though, that I have to go back to is something I mentioned a few minutes ago, which is that um, you would think that living in a, you know, a community as you do, um, sharing all things in common, that you would have a very narrow you know, reading list, you would, you know, follow one guy or two guys. Um, But the fact that you've included all of these Christian thinkers and writers in your book speaks to something different. Why are you as you are? Well, part of part of it is just how I'm wired. Um, Before joining the community, um, I was a professor. And so I uh, read widely, and I enjoy that personally. But actually, um, our founder, Eberhard Arnold, um, was a publisher and writer, and he, right from the very beginning, had a long-term project called the Quella um, Project, the Source Series, which he um, would publish over a hundred different um, authors um, from their works, so that they um, that the wider body of Christ would be blessed by the diversity found in the church. So it's also been part of our community. So yes, we are distinct. We we live a distinct life, but um, we have many people from many different traditions who have come into our uh, community and joined it. And uh, we feel like um, we've been blessed because of the diversity. Mm-hmm. So we've experienced that, um, you know, very personally in our history and uh, our, our magazine Plow Quarterly also draws on a diverse uh, number of, of authors and, um, to give to, to, to challenge us to, to think beyond what we're comfortable thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the challenge, right? Regardless of how we live, who, you know, whether we live in families, in large groups, um, the challenge is that we do that. And I feel like um, this book that you have um that you've just brought out following the call, living the Sermon on the Mount together, I think could be a real asset in that direction. Um, so before you before you leave us, um, let's go back to the book. Um, for people, again, who are just joining us and they maybe have never read the Sermon on the Mount or they don't know what it is or they don't know why this might be you know, an important work, um, what does it mean to you personally? Um, how have you interacted with you know, those 
two chapters and three chapters in Matthew. And and why did you decide to devote this much time to producing a work of this size? Well, um, you know, the very first book that I ever read was by Dietrich Bonhoeffer at 18. And that book was um, on the Sermon on the Mount. And so right from the very beginning, I was captivated. Um, I was bewildered. I was challenged. I had a lot of questions, and it's just been a lifelong um, pursuit of mine. And um, and I do feel like it, it forms the, the core. Um, many people call it Christ's manifesto. So to, for those who really want to follow Jesus and make him the center of their lives, you have to keep revisiting the Sermon on the Mount. It's quoted from in all the epistles. Um, the book of James refers to the Sermon on the Mount over 20 times. Uh, it, it, it's really just um, crucial if we want to be a serious disciple. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, all I can say is that I, I hope our, our listeners um, would revisit um, this very important teaching. It, it really is God's design for life. It should be the constitution mm-hmm. of the church. Yeah, the constitution of the church. I appreciate that. All right, Charles Moore, thanks for being with me today. Thank you, Kathy. I appreciate it. Uh, All the best. Yeah. Um, So check out this book, Following the Call, Living the Sermon on the Mount Together. Um, Listen to the uh, words of Wendell Berry, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Dorothy Day, Tim Keller, uh, Martin Luther King Jr., C.S. Lewis, uh, Barbara Brown, Mother Teresa, Tolstoy, N.T. Wright, 94 others. I mean, talk about the man's doing his homework. Holy cow. Looks really terrific. Anyway. All right, so we're going to take a break. When we come back, um, it is Roberto Clemente Day in Major League Baseball. We'll talk about Roberto and all the festivities of tonight next. I think it's fascinating how resilient French fries are. I hadn't cleaned out my poor car in years, and so I decided to do it from the trunk to under the seats. I found five different types of balls, enough junk to challenge Mary Poppins' magical bag, and a good start at a French fry museum. It's Ryan. And if you tried to turn all the stuff hidden in my car into cash, you'd undoubtedly owe money. But luckily for most of us, it's quite the opposite when it comes to looking inside our homes. Home values have gone fly-a-kite high for many. Meaning, if you look under those seats, there's a good chance you could pull out a significant chunk of money from the new value in your home to use for whatever you wanted. And with current mortgage rates being where they are, oftentimes you can lower the years on the overall loan or lower your monthly payment at the same time you're doing a cash-out refinance. If you're curious about your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. At Grove City College, dare I say things are back to normal? I mean, that's probably not accurate because nothing is back to normal. But just over the weekend, I was talking to some students who were on campus at Grove City and they were saying, wow, like this fall has been fun for them because there were all of these activities that have been happening that they weren't able to do last year because of COVID. Right. And like this weekend was the first football game. So the whole student body was there for a whiteout. There are all sorts of activity fairs and stuff going on with different arts groups and fraternity, sorority, whatever it is. People are living like the fun things about college. Now, the terrific thing about Grove City is last year when COVID was at its peak, 
there were still classes going on and there were still in-person classes going on. So the relationships that students were able to have with professors, I mean, it was different because of masking and all of that, but it still happened. And that's really wonderful thing. Um, but a lot of the social things didn't happen. And that is kind of coming around again this year in spite of the continuing threat from COVID. And I really think that's because of the commitment of the leaders and the administration at the campus wanting to do the very best they can for the kids that are there. If you've got a kid, you're interested in a university setting that is of high integrity. Look at Grove City College, gcc.edu. Why doing it right, roofing, siding, and remodeling? As an Owens Corning Roofing Platinum Preferred Contractor, it's simple. It's in their name. They're doing it right, and it's what you'd expect as a homeowner and what they intend to deliver. Call 724-NEW-ROOF. Want it done right? Call doing it right. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. We'll see low clouds tonight with a heavy thunderstorm early in the evening, then patchy fog late with a low of 59. That fog will continue into tomorrow morning. It will be humid, otherwise mostly cloudy skies tomorrow, high 78. Partly cloudy and mild tomorrow night, low 63. Friday will round out the week with variable cloudiness. It'll be humid with a high of 82. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. For nearly 50 years, Roberto Clemente's legacy has been largely defined by the final act of his life. When the plane he chartered to deliver supplies to earthquake victims in Nicaragua crashed off the coast of his native Puerto Rico shortly after takeoff on New Year's Eve 1972, Clemente's reputation as a selfless humanitarian became legend. I'm reading from today's MLB.com, a great article about Clemente. talks about details about his life. Um, Here's a quote I appreciated. Uh, Obviously, everyone knows what he did on the field, but off the field, the work he did to help the people, not only in Puerto Rico, but in other Latin countries, this guy is unbelievable, said Cardinals catcher and Puerto Rico native Yadier Molina. You can learn from it. Uh, Clemente, the first player from Latin America inducted into the National Baseball Hall of Fame, also remembered as an unbelievably beautiful and talented baseball player. During his 18-year career with the Pirates, Clemente was a two-time World Series champion, 12-time Golden Glove Award winner in right field, and 15-time All-Star. He was the 1966 National League MVP, also the first Latin American player to reach the hallowed 3,000-hit mark. Um, but as I said, there was something, I mean, I'm, I don't remember Roberto. Um, I was, you know, three years old when he died, but, um, just looking at the video of it, I mean, just an, an elegant athlete to watch. Um, and today is Roberto Clemente day. And it also coincides with the start of Hispanic heritage month in the U S. And so people all across the country are remembering Roberto Clemente's, uh, kindness and care for others, um, his athletic prowess, Um, and, uh, there's just, there's so much to celebrate about him. So you'll see people all across, um, Pittsburgh tonight, of course, wearing number 21. And you'll see that all across um, Major League Baseball. Every person, every team nominates one person to be a finalist for the Roberto Clemente Award. And each one of those people is permitted to wear number 21 tonight. Um, 
And also, another local story here, uh, Roberto Clemente and Manny Sanguian were part of the first all-black, all-Latino lineup in American League National League history September 1st, 1971. Of course, we talked about that here on the ride home on that day. Um, Clemente, uh, Sanguian recalls, would often say that he strove for excellence because he wanted to create a path to the majors for others like him by demonstrating players from from Latin America had the skills and makeup to be difference makers on the field. Um, well, he certainly proved that. Roberto Clemente, who was 38 at the time of his fatal plane accident, didn't live long enough to see his vision fulfilled, but his impact endures. Reading again from the article in MLB.com uh, by Natalie Alonso, which is really good. You should check out the whole thing. It's really well done. Um The 2021 opening day roster tonight featured 256 players from 20 countries and territories, the majority of them from Latin America. That's fantastic. They included 18 players from Puerto Rico, many of whom have modeled their game after Roberto's. WORD. Dr. Charles Stanley. What God does in our life in the refining process is to prune out of our lives those things that are hindering us in our walk of holiness. Because you see, you cannot have a holy walk and unbelief at the same time. Hear the series Helps to Holiness this week on In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office choose from 100 percent vinyl commercial aluminum wood and composite and how would you like to never clean your gutters again for a limited time get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement offer valid through 123121 all with 12 months no interest no processing fee and backed by the best warranty in the industry schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrspittsburgh.com that is windowsrspittsburgh.com Tune in to Word FM this Thursday from 2.30 to 3 to hear our newest program, Kingdom Business, brought to you by the Ministry of CLC, Christ-led communities of Pittsburgh. Each week, host Mike Hatch highlights local Pittsburgh business leaders and entrepreneurs who are making a redemptive impact in the marketplace for the sake of God's kingdom. Tune in to Kingdom Business tomorrow and every Thursday from 2.30 to 3 and find inspiration to be an ambassador for Christ through enterprise here on 101.5 FM WORD. You know, a lot of times you have to choose between something high quality or something that saves you money. But if you can get both, why not? Especially when it comes to health care. And that's MediShare. You get both. The typical family saves 500 bucks a month switching to MediShare. And that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. It's because MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge PPO network. So 
Yeah, really. You could save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. If you're self-employed or part of the gig economy, or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. Here is the number you need. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. There's been a lot going on in the political world in America. And Christians are part of that political world. We're called to be in the world. Not of it, but we're called to be in it. So it's not like we need to run away screaming. Um, However, my biggest concern over the last, I don't know, four or five years is I feel like we as uh, Christians have been, well, Christian outlook and our Christian life has been formed by a lot of good teaching and good teaching in regard to theology and marriage and um, child rearing and things like that. That's all super important, vital even. But one of the things we haven't been taught well is how to interact in the political world. We've often been told what to think, you know, who we should vote for or, you know, what we what political um, things should be important to us, what issues matter. But we haven't been told how to do it. And so whenever John and I come across someone who is thinking about those larger issues, about how do we do it, how do we do it in a way that honors Christ and also keeps us healthy as a as people, as families, and as communities, um, we're always eager to have that conversation. And so I'm very happy to have Dr. Robert Tracy McKenzie uh, with me today, professor of history and learning at Wheaton College. Um, this article that I'm going to talk about is uh, in, in this month's Christianity Today, but it's adapted from his book, We the Fallen People, The Founders and the Future of American Democracy. Robert, welcome in. Uh, thank you. I'm looking forward to talking with you. Yeah, so, um, Robert, let's start out with this. Um, You've written in this article in Christianity Today about populism, and it's something that we all should recognize because um, once you describe it, we're going to recognize it, but why don't you give us a working definition? Sure. Um, I think you should think about populism above all as as a kind of uh, rhetorical strategy. It's really not so much about policy proposals as about the way that we frame policy proposals. So uh, the populist politician... tells a story of life as a struggle always, struggle between common people uh, who are deemed virtuous and elites who uh, may be defined different ways, but they're always a threat to the Mm -hmm. well-being. And so there's this ongoing struggle, uh, and typically uh, the political party or political individual uh, will present themselves as the champion of the common people and the solution to the dangers that threaten them. And you write in the article that uh, fact-based political arguments play a minuscule role in inf- in influencing the votes that we cast, which was very depressing <laughs> to, to read. However, I think it's probably true. Uh, so, the, so this populist argument that you're talking about, this outlook, is appealing in large part to our emotion. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and I think um, it, it appeals to our identity. Uh, in fact, I think politics is primarily about the way we understand ourselves, uh, and so it it says that that we are we are virtuous, but we are also in danger, uh, mm-hmm. and so it appeals both to our pride and to our fear, uh, and I think that's a dangerous combination. 
So um, this populism can um, can be attractive to people on the left and on the right, which is curious, right? So populists on the left, you write, often target, you know, greedy people on Wall Street or, you know, corporate billionaires or corporate America, like that's the bad guy. Um, but on the right, populists think that, you know, the Marxist intellectuals are the ones we need to be afraid of or Hollywood we need to be afraid of or um, or maybe um, big tech we need to be afraid of. Yes, that's that's correct. That's one of the things that I think it's important for us to understand, and, and that's that populism can, uh, can be employed by uh, people all across the political uh, spectrum. Uh, the specifics change, uh, but the general um, overarching story doesn't. In fact, I liken it to a game of Mad Libs. There's a certain plot that you uh, have mm. that's pretty constant, and you just plug in the specific details depending Good. upon your particular circumstance. Good. So you could plug in Bernie Sanders' name in your Mad Lib, or you could plug in Donald Trump's name in your Mad Lib. Absolutely. In fact, that's one of the most striking things about this is that the two best-known uh, populist uh, politicians of, of the last few years have been Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders. Huh. Uh, Who are preaching very different gospels, let's put it that absolutely, way. And absolutely. And I, I, mean, I, mean, yeah. I mean gospels in uh, quotation marks. Um, yeah. All right, so, so but what both of these men have been selling is fear um, yes. that the other side is, uh, in the other side, that's where the evil is. Um, the other side is what is going to be the root of our ruin in America, and the other side needs to be combated with everything we have. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think one of the things that populism typically does that's not standard in American democratic rhetoric uh, is the idea that the other side doesn't even want to see uh, our values upheld, doesn't want to see America flourish. It's not just that we disagree over strategy, we have fundamentally incompatible um, mm -hmm. uh, objectives. And if the other side wins, then uh, there is this uh, catastrophizing element of populist rhetoric. Uh, we, we simply cannot tolerate the prospect of defeat because defeat means the end of everything uh, that we hold dear. Right. Uh, and, and so it's very different from the norm. I just had a person come up to me within the last week and said, hey, you know, I know that, you know, you do a radio show every day. Are you talking about this issue? And she named an issue. And I said, well, we have talked about it. We haven't talked about it recently. And she said, well, we need to talk about that issue because if we don't get this worked out in the next two years, it's all over. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that kind, those kinds of claims... I uh, refer to them as the Flight 93 uh, rhetoric, we, we must storm the con cockpit or die trying. It, it's everywhere. Uh, and, it's, and it's dangerous in that it gradually, I think, uh, erodes our inhibitions. If we really believe that everything we hold dear is about to be swept away, we're much more willing to resort to extreme measures to defend ourselves. Mm. Dr. Robert um, Tracy McKenzie is with me, professor of history, and he holds the Arthur F. Holmes Chair of Faith and Learning at Wheaton College, talking about an article based on his new book, We the Fallen People, The Founders and the Future of American Democracy. So, um, Dr. McKenzie, this is, I hope that this is something that our listeners are hearing and saying, oh, yeah, I recognize that. Sure, I recognize that. Um, populism, though, isn't always bad. Right. I mean, it would I, I think one of the uh, one of the positives, and I think you mentioned this in your article, is that it can identify real problems we have. And there's a lot of fervor that can be associated with we got to do something about this. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I try to make that point that it's not uh, wholly um, uh, negative in its impact. One of the things that it does is it elicits popular involvement. Uh, And, um, you know, in a a culture that sometimes has been politically apathetic, uh, it can be encouraging to see rank and file voters who uh, take interest in what's going on, who hold their elected officials accountable, Mm -hmm. who want to see uh, progress. Uh, So it's not all bad. You're exactly right. It's just too often framed with a kind of narrative that has lots of troubling implications. Okay, so knowing that there's a danger, so knowing we have to, you know, keep our eyes open um, as we, if if we are populists or if we support a populist candidate or talk in populist ways, um, I I read this uh, paragraph in your piece. For several years now, opinion polls have found that a fourth to a third of Americans are open to accepting a political system that features a strong leader who does not have to bother with Congress or elections. Mm-hmm. Now, what? I mean, that's shocking. <laughs> it is shocking. I mean, the, the, the word for what's being described there is dictatorship. Uh, and, and we need to look that full in the face. It's not that I think a large number of Americans would openly say, yes, I'm, I'm for a dictatorship. But a lot and growing number of Americans are saying, you know, the system is broke. It's not working. Uh, and if there was a strong leader who could get things done, I think I would be drawn to that person. Uh, and that really is understandable, uh, but it should, it should scare us, yeah. uh, scare us deeply. Yeah, so we have to be really aware of our tendency to invest. And I see this on both sides. of the, I see it. I bet I see this 50-50 on both sides of the political spectrum right now. People are willing to invest unbelievable powers into their guy, mm-hmm. yep. right, without any thought that when their guy's not in power anymore, the other guy's going to be in power. And then he's going to have all those same kinds of things that you're willing to give to all those, you know, same type of permissions you're willing to give to your guy. You don't want that. I mean, it just yeah. does, it doesn't seem to make common sense. Uh, no, you're exactly right. It's, it's contradictory, but it's very, very natural. I mean, the, the reality is, I think, um, the best test of our values is um, what, what curbs will we put on ourselves when we are in the majority party, when we are controlling Congress. And the reality is, I think we tend to only fear power when it's wielded by the other side. Uh, and that leads us into uh, endorsing sorts of devil's bargains that ultimately, I think, come back and, and haunt us. And you're exactly right. You see, whether it's a Democratic president or a Republican president, you see more and more and more reliance, for example, on executive orders uh, that simply yeah, bypass sure. uh, Congress. And that should scare us, whether it's uh, the other side or our side that, that's in control. The problem for Christians is um, is slightly different, or maybe it's just we're looking at it in a little bit of a different sphere. But um, the number one thing, and I mentioned this before, that has troubled me in our political discourse, both right and left right now, is this tendency to look at the other guy, the other party, the other candidate, and say, that person, all the evil is over there. Mm-hmm. All the evil is in them. All the evil is in that the, you know, whatever that is, the whatever party is not yours, they destroy everything they touch. And it goes, it goes, it flies in the face of what we understand that sin lives in each one of us. You know, I think you bring up the Solzhenitsyn quote in your article, you know, the line between good and evil doesn't pass between political parties or between nations, but right down the center of every human heart. Like this, this is the, this is one of the foundational teachings of Christianity. Absolutely. And that's 
really the reason I, I wrote the article is I want uh, I want Christians to understand that our political rhetoric and political arguments that we make carry uh, religious messages often that we're unaware of. Uh, and that message, as you put it, too often is that we are righteous, the other side is holy evil, and that all it takes to make the world perfect is just to eliminate the, the, the bad folks. Uh, and so I just suggest that our rhetoric needs to start with two fundamental Christian truths. One is the idea of original sin, that we are all fallen, uh, and the other is the Imago Dei, the idea that everyone is created in God's image, even those who uh, may hold views that, that really trouble us deeply. Uh, so remembering both of those things, I believe, would promote both uh, humility and charity. Uh, and we're in short supply of both those things, it seems to me right now. But it does seem like, and our time is almost up here, and I'm sorry for that, Robert, because this is such an interesting conversation, but... I, there are more and more people who are recognizing that, and that's giving me some hope going forward. Um, just, you know, we talked about uh, the 20th anniversary of 9-11 on the show on both Friday and Monday, because the anniversary was Saturday. And on Monday, I played portions of uh, former President George uh, W. Bush's speech in Shanksville, where he talked about this exact thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, you know, I, I was president at the time when 9-11 happened. I know what the nation was like then, and I what I see now is so different and it's poison Mm -hmm. and we have to find a different way. Now he's talking about that from a civic leader perspective or former civic leader perspective, but the call to me is even more important as a believer in Jesus. We have to Mm -hmm. find another way. We have to find a way where we love our enemies. We have to find a way where we turn the other cheek or we're, or we don't look like we're people who've met Jesus. Absolutely. I could not agree more. I think you put it uh, perfectly. Our, our political rhetoric is a testimony to the nations. Yeah. Uh, and I think we need to be asking ourselves always, what am I telling you know, the people I'm tweeting or, or, or in engaging in social media? What am I telling them about my understanding of what it means to be created in the image of God? What am I telling them about my understanding of the universal human need for God's mercy uh, and the universal call to us to love one another? Uh, and those, in, you know, from an eternal perspective, are far more important than any other kind of political message that we might convey. Our political rhetoric is a testimony to the nations. I just wrote that in big letters in my notebook. Um, that, is, mm. that is so true. Dr. Robert Tracy McKenzie has been my guest, professor of history um, and holds the Arthur F. Holmes Chair of Faith and Learning at Wheaton College. Um, is your book out yet? It will be out in the last next five or six days. Okay, terrific. When your book is out, please send us a copy so we can have you back and we can continue the conversation. I would love that. I look forward to it. Terrific. That's Dr. Robert Tracy McKenzie from Wheaton College. Um, looks to be a really, really interesting book. And um, his article is in the current issue of uh, Christianity Today. It's called The False Gospel of Populism. This Friday, Latshaw Productions presents six-time Grammy Award winner Amy Grant. Amy Grant, 7.30 p.m. live at the Palace Theater Greensburg. Singing her most beloved songs from favorite classic hits to crossover favorites. Amy Grant, this Friday. Tickets on sale now at the Palace Theater box office or at thepalacetheater.org. 
With today's technology, anyone can take a video, but getting it ready for prime time, that's something many churches aren't equipped to handle. Here at Salem Video, we offer churches everything they need to go from rough cut to picture lock. With your raw footage, we can produce great looking videos for your social media, podcast, website, and even live service element. From text animation, visual effects, transitions, logos, music, and more, here's where we put it all together. What can Salem Video do for you? Ask GM Brad Marshall at 412-503-4770. Don't let bees buzz off your customers. Get the help you need at boozebugstoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly or quarterly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Boo's 100% satisfaction guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at boozebugstoppers.com. Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance coverage. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance, so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Why doing it right roofing, siding, and remodeling? As an Owens Corning Roofing Platinum Preferred Contractor, it's simple. It's in their name. They're doing it right, and it's what you'd expect as a homeowner and what they intend to deliver. Call 724-NEW-ROOF. One listener that stands out that I worked with was this older couple that was interested in refinancing. They reached out to a few different lenders, and you know, their credit wasn't the best. I know some of these other bigger banks, you just won't hear back from them, which I cannot stand. Not everybody has the 780 credit scores, and just because you don't qualify at one time doesn't mean that you'll never qualify. I'll walk you through what you have to do, whether it's two, three, six months from now. Back to that older couple, we worked with them for months and months to improve their credit. And we were able to get the loan done. We were saving them hundreds each month, thousands of dollars a year. Finally got themselves into a situation financially that they can handle and they could start saving money each month for retirement. End of the day, they just could not be happier, which just put a huge smile on my face. We. Our United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA United Mortgage Corp. 25 Metal Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Federal Corporate Animalist Number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. We've covered a lot of ground on the ride home today. And if you missed any of it, please get um, the podcast. The podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. We're on uh, 40 plus different platforms, so you can definitely find The Ride Home with John and Kathy wherever you want to find it. Um, and uh, you can also watch the program every day on YouTube now. We've moved from Facebook, and that's at The Word Pittsburgh. Um, and so we'd love to see you there. Um, as we close out today's show, it is National Double Cheeseburger Day. Did you know that, Christy? I didn't. It sounds like a great dinner, mm-hmm. though. Um, you're a fan of the Double Cheeseburger? Who who isn't? Come on. I mean, it's so delicious. It really is. Um, I want to tell you about my favorite double cheeseburger. Is it McDonald's? No. (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. I mean, that's fine. But this is is kicked up. My favorite double cheeseburger is at this place called Butter Joint, which is on uh, North Craig Street in Oakland. And it's just messy. Do you know what I mean? Like it's smashed. Yep. It's just smashed. And I love how the cheese is like drippy off the side and like the the roll is kind of messed up it's a brioche but it's messed up and so you bite into it and it's just it's juicy and delicious I mean, i'll tell you right now sounds so amazing it really is um now do you go for 
ketchup on the burger? Uh, usually. Okay. Or, you know, a good sauce. What about mayo? No, no mayo. No mayo. No, you got to get like the homemade sauces these places put on there. Oh, okay. Well, what about, um, have you ever put Chick-fil-A sauce on a burger? Oh, all the time. Isn't that delicious? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that works exceedingly well. That's so like good. some kind of magical incantation thing where it like, regardless of what you put it on, you're happy. Just makes you think of Chick-fil-A. I think it's just, I think it's really great. Anyway, National Double Cheeseburger Day. I'm not going to be celebrating uh, today. You know, my husband can't eat meat, so that's a hardship. So I try to eat burgers. Like if he has to go out and work, I'll eat a burger because I don't want to eat in front of him. It's not fair. I mean, he doesn't want to be a vegetarian. He just has to. And so I pity him. So I'll have I'll have uh, like a double salad tonight. Good for you. Does that sound good? Not really, but bless your heart. All right. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks for being along for today's ride home. We'll see you right back here, same place, same time on Thursday. Have a great night, Pittsburgh. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.